Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and you can cue the lasers and dancing bears, but I won't believe it until I see it with my own eyes. Today, we're locking ourselves in rooms and choosing courage in the presence of fear. We're talking about doubting Thomas and Easter. But before we put our fingers in wounds, now that they've believed because they've seen, let's welcome in our favorite sinful, shame-filled co-host, Marin and Mary. Good day, guys. <laughs> Good day. Is there any way you can <laughs> turn a loud? my headphones down? Hey, it's been a while. Oh, my goodness. What, is this happening wow. for you? Yep, Oppressive. Okay. okay, now we're off. Is that and good? we just want somewhere in between <laughs> deafening and silence. Okay. How's that? Guys, Tyler's Scrubs. back. I'm back. Hi. Guys, hey, this just feels, this feels like home. It does. This feels so good. Yeah. It's so nice. You guys have mood lighting in here now. I didn't do that. Did I you? turned it on. It's been, it's literally been there this, the entire time this podcast has been in existence. Did not it's even see It's just never that. on. Well. Um, it's a lamp. Guys, listener. peace be with you. And also and with also you. And also with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've been gone three months. This is, uh, yeah, it feels like home. I tell me what I missed. You were. Yay! I feel like there's a sound effect for yeah, we gotta, your return. I'm playing hurt. Yeah. Okay, I'm playing I, hurt. Yeah. I got a bad what paper happened? cut on my uh, sound effect finger. Oh, no. So I'm a little slow in the you uptake. Have, you have here. to do it with your right hand. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Let's see. We can do this. We can do this. Okay, let's see. That's amazing. No, 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 no. No. Do you remember no. how to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah. I told him right, right before the pod, it's just like riding a bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, what did I miss? I mean, it's been three months. Catch me up. How well, have the pods? You, it's been three months. Probably, like, the biggest thing that happened uh, was the, the musical, but you came. I came to the musical. You did. And I snuck a couple between Sundays, like, episodes. You recorded a few episodes before. Yeah. No, I mean, like, mean, while oh, I was gone, you listened, I was a couple. Listened? Yeah, just do a couple. Oh, I just the rules. I, I just missed it so much. <laughs> I thought they took away your access to all podcasts. Hey, there's some things you just can't take. <laughs> just take can't away. take away. No, like. Take the podcast away from me. Can't take me out of the podcast. When you go on sabbatical, a lot of people probably don't know this, but, like, the idea is for you to be able to completely yeah. disconnect. That's right. Completely disconnect. That's right. Okay, so here's what I did. I want, I, I mean. I missed you guys, so I wanted yeah. to hear what's going on in your lives. Which, yeah. So I listened to the first like ten minutes. You could sure. have just a like, couple shows. Sent us a text. And yeah, asked we all. Us what you was didn't going have to like not. Live. You could have come over <laughs> and hung out. Could have talked well, with I, us. I didn't know all the rules. All right, so I listened to the intro for a couple episodes and then I just stopped. Yeah, good. Yeah, because it was depressing. Yeah, I was like, because I was ruining it. it no, you, the intros were great. You guys nailed it. I need you probably to write some of these intros from now on. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, no, I, I just got jealous because you guys had new guests in every week. And yeah. I was like, that's my seat. Until, well, for the first <laughs> month when we were like on it as far as scheduling. And then it just kind of went off the rails. And it was like, Marin yeah. and I were like, Survival oh, no, mode, it's man. Monday. Let's yeah. just get down there. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the SD card? Yep, it was yep, like yep, every yep, week. Yep, yep, yep. Chaos. Welcome to my life. Welcome to my life. Um, all right. I'm sure we'll talk about sabbatical here in a little bit. But okay. I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear what's new. Just, you know, just like old times, just like, What's old, just times? like old times, what has been going on with you guys? Um, headlong into graduation. That's what's oh going on. my goodness. It's, it's, How could I have forgotten? Tis, tis the season. I'm starting to get everybody's grad party announcement. Oh. Are you okay? No. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> I am not I'm well. an emotional person. Yes. What? I completely forgot that this is what's happening in your life right now. This like is right what's now. happening. 
But also Easter just happened. So no. I feel like now I've got to shift gears and think about, you know, I have to throw a graduation party in a couple of you weeks. You have a child graduating from high school. I do indeed. So wow. how, how so like, far. What's going on? How, <laughs> All things could change. <laughs> Is he that, that Subject uh, to change. senioritis is really kicking in? It's it's hardcore. I was pretty vocal last year about graduation parties on this podcast. Yeah. What and about now, now I'm regretting it. Why? Because I came in pretty hot about like I hate graduation parties <laughs> because it's like, yeah, you're supposed to graduate. Why are we celebrating this? You're supposed to graduate from school. Yeah. But, but, I, want, I, but I also want to be invited to Jaden's graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Party. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Uh, it'll probably be just something really low key in our backyard because that's about all I have the. So brain how many space weeks for. we got? Uh, 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 maybe a month. I don't know. A month wow. left of school. Yeah. Is yeah. Jed just like kicking him out as soon as school's over? <laughs> hit the You're on your own. No, I, we're. It, it's a weird thing, like to think that. Yeah. It's either you know college or workaday world or a blend of both or or whatever. So it's just yeah. Just figuring that out. He's got a couple of summer job prospects lined up for him. Duncan didn't work out. <laughs> he's he, he's still a Duncan. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he could he could probably use a little more money than what he's making. Yeah. In Duncan. So you want to work on the farm? I've got a whole bunch of projects this summer. I could uh, I could uh, pay him. Sure, surely he right. would love to work on the farm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's where my mind is. Easter is over, and now it's off to graduation. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I completely forgot that that was happening. <laughs> Barry, what's new with you? Uh, springtime is here, baby. I'm, springtime yeah, is here. Growing stuff, getting ready for the garden. Everything's everything's sprouting. Someone's gonna scratch my itch. <laughs> that is what? the second a little worst, rusty. second you, worst we, little rusty. audio clip. <laughs> should we trade seats just for this one episode? No, I'm good. This is I'm I'm right where I need to be. <laughs> There's no other way he's gonna be able to get back in the saddle, but just get up, get up, and yeah. try again. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm. My free time now, like, like yesterday I got home from work and immediately just went out and grabbed my wheelbarrow and was moving mulch and working in the garden. So it's great. Do um, you make your own mulch? Yes. And no, I've found that the amount that I need is so copious yeah. that I, I do make it cause I have branches out the yeah. wazoo, but I also buy, I'll buy it at like 10 yards ago. Yeah. So it's like a whole dump truck full, yeah. of, full of mulch. So it's great. Yeah. I love it. And, and I, we're like, we're like permaculture 3.0 at this point, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. this is going into year three, I mm -hmm. guess. And yeah. that, yeah, it's the, the transformation from when I first started till now is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, I'm getting close to having the entire, that entire little garden area mulched. So that's like a thousand square feet of no more grass, but actual like mulch. And I've got new plants in this year. I've got some, I already talked to Marin about this, but grapes and I put asparagus in and those are all starting to kind of sprout. And then I've got, uh, some elder elderberry bushes and yeah, it's and uh, raspberries excited about those. So yeah, it'll be great. I'm pretty pumped. That's amazing. It is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Past <laughs> self. Um, so you started working on this. One of the episodes I heard okay. while I was gone, you started working on this in January. You're yeah. like mapping it all out. Mapping it out or yeah. Ordering stuff and yeah. getting my seeds sorted out so I could start them. This year has been a bit of a, bit of a heartbreaking drama with the seeds because I learned the hard way that there are other, I, I made some of my own seed starting mix to try to try that out. And it wasn't as effective as the other stuff. Also I'm learning about like 
how close to have them to the light. So there's not too much heat and that mm. kind of thing. Cause that heat can do damage to them. And I was using old seeds, which it does in fact decrease their ability to germinate mm. if you're yeah. using older seeds. So I learned the hard way, you know, well, you should have come to us. We could have told you. I that. know I should have. That's why we needed the pot. Yeah. That's why we needed you here. So. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's all good. I've got plants coming in still. I'll probably buy a few this year just mm -hmm. to make sure I get mm -hmm. good, healthy ones started. So, um, Oh, the other thing that I'm doing is I've converted another, I don't know, 800 square feet out in the big field into a Ruth Stout style garden where I just basically put down a foot and a half of hay on top of just, it was just a pasture mm -hmm. and I'm just, I mowed it down real low and then put a foot and a half of hay on top of it and I'm letting it all just decompose. And then this year we can actually start by just scooting the hay away, putting down a big, big plop of compost and planting things like plop. plop. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't There's know. There's got to be a list of, of like, Words we cannot use. All right, I won't them. use that word ever again. <laughs> Don't a ever large, say plop. A mound of compost, of moist compost. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> two two words in a span of 30 <laughs> seconds we cannot use. And then I'll have like, but it's like, because there's just hay everywhere is mulch. The weeds can't grow up because there's just so much hay. And if yeah. any weeds do get through, you just put more hay on top of them and smother them. And so I'll do all the vining things like watermelon and, uh, you know, zucchini and cucumber and all the things that really want to take up a ton of space, but, and pumpkins and that'll all be out there. Cause there's, it's just space. To, we to should do, it, so. do a grace church, like farmer's market trade whoa situation that'd be cool it's a really cool idea actually i bet Thank there's you. enough people at grace yeah that plus grow the garden in the backyard and that too Ooh. yeah that's a great idea maybe on like a sunday morning we just have all of our yeah although isn't that turning the lord's house into a marketplace i feel like jesus no, don't be... bring it inside just keep it in the backyard <laughs> oh, okay. all right that's fine that's fine <laughs> yeah uh what's the name of the garden you just mentioned you you taught me the word perma oh permaculture culture and something forest ruth, ruth stout was, Ruth Stout. She's this, uh, she's passed now, I'm sure, but she was this uh, older woman in like the 70s or 80s who developed her own method of organic gardening just called hay. She's a spicy woman. She was a spicy woman, yeah. <laughs> she just she just used hay and she would just add more hay. And like because of the nature of what hay is as like old grass and organic matter, on the bottom, after a few years, it it it's decomposes. It's like a ton of mulch, so it keeps moisture in. It warms the soil. And so she just, the answer to every question for her was just more hay. And that was her, <laughs> wow. her method. And so I'm giving it a shot. I'm trying yeah. it out. And I have learned more about gardening on this I know. show. <laughs> wow. Sorry, yeah. guys. I'm a nerd. And the other thing that I'm, the reason why I'm spending so much time thinking about it is I'm, I'm, I'm going to have three months of my own sabbatical this summer, yeah. which we'll, we can always talk about later. But um, because of that, I found myself thinking in terms of, okay, I'm going to prepare myself to have endless time out here in June. So what do I need to do now so that I can really enjoy it? Yeah. Then? That's the other thing I'm doing. One of the projects I did while on sabbatical, I, the only person I talked to about it was Barry. And <laughs> I just felt guilty every time I brought it up because it was removing a tree so that we could put asphalt where that what? tree was. He was literally paving paradise <laughs> and putting up a parking lot. We got to extend the driveway. Oh. We got to we gotta bump it out. We got to put a basketball goal in there. Because Milo's going to be driving soon. Yeah, we got a parking spot for Milo. Um, But there was a pear tree there. And I was like, I, I talked to Barry about it, I think maybe once or something while I was gone. And I felt terrible. I, I was like, this is the guy you don't want to tell. Yeah. You're paving over was there a, a way fruit tree. to like transfer the tree? Nah, we very, just, we very just cut expensively. It. Yeah, we I'm just sure. cut it down and 
<laughs> Shipped it up. <laughs> hey, well, at least you're using the wood from it, the mulch, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But you did that on sabbatical. You expanded your driveway. Well, that, that part hasn't happened yet, but we got the tree out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I've learned a lot about uh, just earth stuff yeah. on yeah. this podcast. Uh, all right. I'm going to save... If we talk about sabbatical, it's going to be at the end because there, I'm sure there are some people who are listening to this like, hey, just get to the sermon so I can get in and get out of my commute. So we're going to save <laughs> the sabbatical part until the end. All so right, if you don't want to listen right. to that, they can get out. Okay. That's a good call. All right. So we just wrapped up Easter. Yeah, we did. And we just wrapped up our second ever attempt at a Between <laughs> Sundays Live experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me what your experience was like, guys. It was three, we did three live shows yeah. on Easter morning. It was awesome. It was did you a have lot fun? of fun. Yeah, I had a blast. So <laughs> you came back. Did you come back <laughs> April 4th? Yeah, April 4th. April 4th. And again, sabbatical means like no yeah, disconnect. work stuff whatsoever. Yeah. So you they, weren't. They took my computer away. Yeah, you weren't in planning center. You didn't no. see any of the things that we had planned for Easter. Planning center is what we use for weekend like planning. Oh, did yeah. you know that? that your team was planning on doing between no. Sundays live. No, no he you didn't know nothing. anything. He Amazing. didn't know he was singing on Easter Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. knew nothing yeah. until he got back. I think April I texted Marin in like February and I was like, Hey, if you need someone on Easter, I'm happy to <laughs> sing. And she said noted. And that was the last I ever heard of it. Because <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk to him about work. <laughs> Took that real seriously. I'm a yeah. follower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he came back and it was like, hey, welcome back, by the way. You're doing this and you're doing yeah. this. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. made a desk for you. It was awesome. It was really cool. Jim I mean, Swanson. Jim Swanson, he built this desk and he built the thing that was out yeah. in the lobby this weekend. Which yes. looked like a news broadcast studio desk with the glass, like yeah. little monitors underneath. It was awesome. Yeah. Amazing. So... We should do that again. Yeah. So two members of my production team come from a sports broadcast background, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what they brought to bear on Easter morning, this yeah. idea yeah. of having this kind of almost ESPN-style pre-show with the three of us out there. Yeah. Um, and it just brought so much energy to the lobby, and we got to interview different. There was a different kid that we interviewed every yeah. service. That was so fun. Yeah, to talk about Grace Kids Camp. It was so awesome. So fun. I heard... Just just people talking to me. A child said, I want to do that. Yeah. How do I get up there and, and talk behind the desk? A teenager said, hey, we should use this for the next time we do a youth takeover weekend or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and adults, just a desk that cool. Yeah. Was <laughs> reaching and out. Just like the lights people were all, all set ages. up. The lights were all set up. There's yeah. multiple camera angles. It was really, really cool. Yeah. I dream one day of doing it like once in between services and just being like, guys, Rough outing out there in the first half. What do we got to do for the <laughs> second service to turn it around? Didn't quite hit that note, yeah. Tyler. I, yeah, what I do we got to do? I, I'll take a deeper breath next time yeah. and then really go for it. Yeah. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think there's a version of something that we can do. Sure. Moving forward. But yeah. What about Easter services? Like, it's a couple days removed. I'm sure you've slept since then, I hope. Yeah, I slept until like 1030 on Monday, and I never <laughs> do that. I, I just woke up, and I was like, yeah. what time is yeah. it? Yeah. Um, what? did you, did you sleep when you got home that afternoon? No, we went I to my parents' sleep. house and I was pretty much a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, same. Can you guys go do the Easter egg and I'll just sit here and <laughs> I did fall asleep sitting up on a couch yes. for a second, but it was like 10 minutes. That was it. So, <laughs> uh, so as you've had a couple days to reflect, what have you reflected on from last weekend? The one thing that was not great about it 
the whole weekend was the fact. <laughs> we'll was, start with the negative. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll wow. start with. Let's and, start with and what the I mean is the only thing that was not great about it <laughs> was because we were doing the the podcast and because the yeah. service was the way it was. I didn't have as much time to interact with Grace people like yeah. in the lobby between. I it was like a 10, 15 minute turnaround. It felt like mm-hmm. before we had to get back up and do the podcast again. Other than that, the whole weekend. I felt was, it was just incredible. It was so joy filled. We were carting in chair after chair Mm -hmm. during the 10 o'clock service because it was so packed. I don't, I haven't seen that, that room packed like that for a, don't act like you're a big shot. It wasn't about me, (laughs) Tim. (laughs) Um, I haven't seen it packed like that in so long. It was really encouraging. Our sensory friendly service was, was lovely. Um, It just all around. I, I, again, really was sad. I couldn't see this for myself, but we had a sensory friendly Easter egg hunt where every child in our lift ministry that had different special needs, uh, had a, a way, even someone, a child that wasn't able to see, they Mm -hmm. found a way to, for him to do a Easter egg hunt. Yeah. It was such a brilliant idea. And I was just so, I was so, my heart was so full. I was so proud of grace church. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I love, I love this church. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I looking around the lobby, it was, it kind of felt you know, I hadn't been here in a while, but if, and I was looking forward to it, but it felt like different members of the family doing different yes. things in the same space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely what it felt like. Even just talking about the sensory friendly Easter egg hunt, Laura thinks of everything. Yeah. She's amazing. Laura Mitchell. She's the, the, the one who's in charge of our lift program. I feel like even as I think about it in hindsight, I'm just so proud of our staff and the ways that they are putting their creativity mm-hmm. to work in the kingdom of God and doing incredible things with that. You know, Ryan and Shelby and Zach and Dave with the production team and yeah. bringing like Dave really spearheaded what happened on Good Friday. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was contemplative. And he brought all that, yeah. all that to being all of the lights you saw for all all of the weekend events was was Zach and then Ryan and Shelby and their sports background and bringing the pre-show to life and having the curtain drop. It's just, they, they know that there's room for them to bring their creativity to grace. And yeah, it's, it's making us a wonderful place. Mm. The part that I I don't think, unless you're, unless you're, well, nobody knows. Okay. When you're in the moment and you're like, wow, this is cool. This is going on. Nobody knows that like it took 300 people or whatever the number yeah. was to pull Good Friday and didn't we, Easter Didn't off. we try to calculate that yesterday in a meeting we were talking yeah, about Yeah, but that. I didn't write any of it down. <laughs> but it was like hundreds of volunteers. Yeah, yes, hundreds of absolutely. people that gave up their time, not staff, right. hundreds of people that gave up their time to be a part of making an experience where people would encounter God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that That is the family part. That yep. is the the, the mind blowing part for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we are in week 28. I think it's 11. <laughs> no, 11. It's 12. It's 10. I, I don't, don't know. know. I wasn't even going to try. I think it's 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the book of John. Yeah. Which is wrapping up this coming week, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. We have one more. So let's jump into the sermon okay. and talk about Easter and doubting Thomas and, uh, what that was like. So Barry, you gave the message. Yeah. What was the big idea? So the big idea essentially was that belief is not the absence of doubt. It's what you choose to do in the midst of your doubt. Yeah. Uh, That's essentially what I was getting at. It's doubt is okay. Skepticism is okay. Jesus meets us 
in our doubt, in our skepticism. And so we looked at the story of of doubting Thomas after Jesus is resurrected in, in John, he appears to his disciples, except Thomas is not with them. And he refuses to believe that Jesus is alive until he says, I see him with my own two eyes till I put my hand in the holes in his hands, etc." And Jesus eight days later does show up and, and reveals himself to Thomas. And I kind of argued that we give Thomas a bit of a bad rap. I yeah. think he is treated as this absolute just moron, this idiot who didn't mm-hmm. believe um, when rea- in reality, he's, he's grieving, he's going mm-hmm. through so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and neither, it's not like the other disciples, as I said, were like paragons of faithfulness. They, in the gospel of Luke, they don't believe either when, when Mary tells them that she had seen him alive. So I think the point of the story is not, it's bad to doubt like Thomas, don't mm-hmm. be like Thomas. It's not a cautionary tale. The point is that in his doubt, Jesus meets him right where he is yeah. and he offers him exactly what he asked for. Thomas said, I won't believe till I put my hands into, you know, the, the hole in his, in his hands. And Jesus says, here, touch, touch my hands. Yeah. If that's what you need to believe here, mm-hmm. take it. Yeah. And of course, Thomas doesn't do that. He, he sees Jesus and immediately just his response is my Lord and my mm-hmm. God. And yeah. so I, I wanted to just reflect on that and give Thomas maybe a second, a second look mm-hmm. and also talk about the fact that he went on according to church history to be this incredible missionary to India, possibly to China. He died as a martyr, died for his beliefs. And today, even there are millions of people who had their lives transformed because of his preaching Mm -hmm. like thousands of years ago. So, um, and then I I just looked at us and I I talked about uh, significant about my own story about how I work through my own doubts and skepticism and stuff. And, and essentially invited people to say, Hey, like wherever you are on your journey, if you're doubting, if you're skeptical, like that's okay. And yeah. in fact, it's actually, it can be a part of building your belief system and your faith. Mm-hmm. The question is, are you willing to take the plunge mm-hmm. like Thomas, like me, even knowing that like you may not ever have all of the answers that you, you know, ha- you still have your doubts and all that stuff. Are you willing to take the plunge? Because none of this stuff, we can't believe for you. You have to put these things to the test. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. That That's essentially my sermon in a very large, probably too long nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> so like you said, Thomas has gotten a bad rap for a couple thousand years. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we associate him with doubt. We associate doubt with a bad yes, taste in our mouth. And you said it would be like tripping over a rock in second grade. Yeah. And then forever being known as like tripping Tim. Right. <laughs> right. So that, instead of paying attention to what you said immediately after that, I was like, <laughs> I wonder what the worst nicknames in history. <laughs> tripping Tim? Isn't it's that not- what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so... I Googled no. some of the worst, worst nicknames, nicknames in history. Oh, yeah. What would you come oh, up with? No. All right. So I'm going to go through a couple. And you can tell me if you know anybody who has in your own lives that yeah. has had a really unfortunate yeah. nickname. All right. First one. Ivar the Boneless. <laughs> Related to this guy's inability to walk. He oh. like had a skeletal oh, condition. Oh, I thought it was going to be year? that he was like, didn't have Please courage tell me this or was something. like in the 1600s or something. Uh, 794. Oh, okay. Oh, even well, earlier. Good. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. All these are way long time ago. Historical <laughs> figures with unfortunate nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. Ivar the Boneless. All right. Okay. Number two. Godric. Is it Godric? 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 Godric the Blubberer. Ooh. Dude blubbered. He was a prime minister of Britain. And he got his nickname because he cried when people died during the riots against corn laws. What? The blubberer. Wow. That's, Doubting that's Thomas, a little better than the blubberer. <laughs> Why can this be Googled? 
<laughs> All right. Wow, next what one. A question. <laughs> next one. Einstein, not Einstein. Einstein, the fart. What? When is that from? Can, not can really sure what happened there. Add but that to the list of words we can't say on this podcast. <laughs> hey, wait till you hear the next one. No. Ragnar the hairy pants. <laughs> <laughs> hairy pants. Guess who he is? He's <laughs> Ivar the boneless's dad. No! What? <laughs> yeah. That poor family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pericles onion head. <laughs> because of his big head. Okay. Wow. Uh, and last one is a modern one that okay. I did not know about. Okay. Uh, Carl Turd Blossom Rove. <laughs> is that? Wow. I think this was George the last Bush, episode of our show. No, it's a, it's George Bush gave him that nickname to Carl Rove. Okay. Oh, so he, it came from someone in his own yeah. administration. His friend. Uh, one of the architects of the Iraq war. It's a Texas term for a flower that grows from dung. He gave it to <laughs> what in the world? Wow. Turd blossom rough. So okay. doubting Thomas. Not so bad. Okay. The boneless. It, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. It could be worse. It could be worse. You <laughs> were about to go on a lead team retreat uh, yeah. later on next week. Maybe this is an activity we should just all come up with. Do you, with have you ever known anyone with, personally with like in, unfortunate nicknames? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say them. (laughs) (laughs) When I was growing up, I wished that I had it like I had a nickname. I wish that people, I don't know, thought enough about me Mm. to give me a nickname. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I do remember that. I haven't thought about that in years, but I remember like, man, why doesn't anyone give me a nickname? I'm from Chicago where everyone has a nickname. (laughs) Yeah. What was yours? Everyone has a nickname. Depends Um, on the context probably. Yeah, it does. And it depends on who, um, yeah, but especially with a certain generation, like my grandfather, mm-hmm. nobody was their first name. Oh, Everyone yeah. was a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Every single person. And it's, but it's usually like endearing. I wonder if Thomas's friends were like doubting Thomas, like that was endearing to them. <laughs> it's endearing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's endearing. Like one of his best friends was a fellow race car driver. They just called the Greek. Yeah. And that's, that's all I know him as is yeah. the Greek. Yeah. Everyone has a nickname. All right. All right. So yeah, Thomas Ru- Rune Blade. That's what I want. My you want to be, I want to be I want my <laughs> Rune Blade. <laughs> Rune Blade. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not going to stick. So why do you think Thomas was associated with like such negative energy? Well, I mean, if you look at the narrative of John, it does, John does single out Thomas. Like the story talks about his particular, yeah. usually the disciples are, ta- are talked about as the disciples unless they're doing something like really out of the ordinary or kind of crazy. Like when Jesus is washing the disciples feet yeah. and Peter says, never in all eternity, will you wash my feet? <laughs> John calls him out individually. And so I don't know that yeah. people, they don't often get called out in the narrative as much as individuals as they do, unless they're like doing something that is out of the ordinary. And I think it's easy to look at the story of, of that and think, yeah, Thomas really screwed up yeah, because that seems to be, but like, again, I think this is John's way of capturing something that all of the gospels capture except Mark. Cause it doesn't really talk about the resurrection much, but um, all the gospels capture the fact that like the disciples were kind of a hot mess in the early days of Jesus's resurrection. Mm. They don't recognize him. They don't believe they're grieving. They're like, they don't understand again in Luke, all the disciples don't believe Mary when, or the women, when they say we saw Jesus alive, like they, so Mm. they're all kind of a hot mess. I think 
Thomas, unfortunately, it kind of John uses him to kind of capture yeah. the hot messness of all the disciples, but yeah. just in one person. I was going to say, like, none of them responded the way you would, I guess, envision them responding when right. they heard the news. Right. They were like, eh. Right. But then Thomas well, like, wasn't with them when they first saw Jesus. Right. 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 And But even, like, think about this. They're in a locked room because they're terrified, right? What? Even, even after Mary tells them she's seen the Lord. They're still in a locked room, terrified of the religious leaders, but then they see Jesus. He's alive. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's all real. Everything he promised us was real. Eight days later, they're in a locked room. <laughs> it's like, okay, they're yeah. still terrified. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like everybody's the, again, I think Thomas just kind of in John's narrative is sort of the focal point of the, mm-hmm. the chaos that mm-hmm. they were all experiencing. Yeah. You, uh, you brought, you brought the humanity to the Thomas story in a way that I had, not really thought about it. You said, this is clearly a young man dealing with grief. And as I, you know, as I spent time reading through the Lent season, the whole gospel of Matthew, Mm. and it is a traumatic experience. Yeah. Like I've never thought of like it, the humanity of being witness, bearing witness to like your friend going through what Jesus went through. Sure. And then right in the mid, like three days after that traumatic experience, you're, you're faced with, do you believe this person just rose from the, like, I've never thought of right. the humanity of that. Um, like, yeah, imagine one of your best friends you followed for years, tragically and traumatically dying. And then being someone, executed by a mob. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's just as bad as it could possibly be. Yeah. And the depression you probably went through the day after and right. the day after, and mm-hmm. then somebody tells you, Hey, he's back. Like, would you believe? Right. Mm. Right. I also, let's nope. remember, we're all familiar with the idea of someone yeah. coming back from the dead. And I mean, I guess they all saw Lazarus come back from the dead. So maybe they should have had that filed away. But still, know. it's not like that was a, no- it's a that's it's an emotional, personal thing for them. This is a big deal that that someone yeah. would be claiming to have seen Jesus walking alive. Yeah. And I didn't get into this in the message because I don't want to muddy the waters. But it seems pretty clear that they routinely are not able to recognize Jesus in his resurrected body until he sort of. Reveals. Makes it clear mm-hmm. of who he is, which is weird. Like, I don't understand yeah. that. Like, did his body change? Does his face look different? Yeah. Like, how do they not know that it's him? Mm-hmm. Is it just because they're so clouded with grief? It's, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. It's, it's weird. And another thing that stood out to me is almost in every walk of life, we're told no question's a bad question. Right. Uh, it, question what you learn like at school and push to know more and be curious and all these things except for it seems like churches or the church or whatever where it's like doubting has a negative connotation to it why do you think that is i think so much of our faith i mean i'll let you marin if you want to answer this but i think a lot of our faith is built on the idea that certainty or certitude is what confirms our faith. So if you have no doubt, it means that you must believe the right it's, it must be correct because there's no room for doubt. If you bring in doubt, then that threatens the whole structure of your belief. And that's, that's risky. Um, and so I think that's part of it. I think we, we really long to be certain and confident Mm -hmm. in what we believe and doubt feels like it's going to threaten that. And so we avoid it. Yeah. I don't know. What would you say, Marin? I'm just trying to think back to examples in my life, again, 
I, I had a lot of questions growing up in the denomination that I grew up in and seeing some of the things I saw and wanting explanations for things and not being given explanations by the adults in my life because, well, you just need to have faith. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like the, the blanket answer for everything. Um, How did that make you feel? Like it wasn't okay to ask those questions? Or? It, no, it definitely, well, no, it, it made me feel like, well, maybe someday when I'm older, I'll, I'll have more faith mm-hmm. or, or maybe something's wrong with me because I don't have enough faith. Yeah. Um, I was probably in my mid twenties. The first time I encountered somebody within that denomination who, um, encouraged my questions yeah. and told me that it wasn't a bad thing to be asking those mm-hmm. questions. And I remember it so distinctly because of the fact that it was the yeah. first time I was like 28 or 29 before someone finally told me, no, it's good. You should be asking those <laughs> yeah. questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think, I think if you grew up in the church and you grew up going to Sunday school and learning these stories, if your church experience was like mine, then you were taught to just hold on to these things mm-hmm. dogmatically. And, you know, I, the B-I-B-L-E, I stand alone on the word of God. And, mm-hmm. and so then you want to, almost rigidly defend the things that you were raised to defend or or think. And then when something comes along that might, you know, if somebody brings a question to you and the only answer you have is that song you learned as a kid growing up in church, that can be an intimidating place to be that can rock somebody's faith. Mm. Um, Or you just, you just don't know what to do. So out of fear, you, you dismiss that person's question. Yeah. I guess I've always, not always maybe, but I think in the last 10 to 15 years, I've always looked at doubt as a good thing and questioning as a good thing. And I don't know what, I don't know what switched, but I know that I have a two-year-old now and a four-year-old now who all they do is doubt and ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all they do. And some of the questions you're like, why you've asked this 700 times, <laughs> but I feel like what Thomas was doing is like what any child would do if they needed like reassurance from their dad or mom. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Which, so I don't, I struggle with a child seeking answers for truth from a, from God or from a parent as like a negative thing. Hmm. So, yeah. It's, I didn't mention this in the message cause I didn't have enough time, but if you look at the, the specific language of what Jesus tells Thomas here, he tells him NLT says, don't be faithless any longer, but believe what it says in actual in Greek are actually two forms of the same. I guess it's an adjective where he says, essentially don't be lacking belief, but have belief. Does that make sense? So it's like, believe God. (laughs) It's, it's more like, do you have something in your possession? or not. He's saying, Mm. don't, don't lack belief, but have belief. When I read it as, you know, most translations putting it as like, don't be faithless or don't doubt, but believe it makes it seem like he's saying, don't do this negative thing, but have Uh this, but Mm -hmm. do this positive thing. But what he's really saying is don't lack this positive thing, but have this positive Uh thing. Mm. And therefore doubt is not something that he's criticizing or, or castigating him about. He's saying, look, like, 
you, right now you lack belief, but, but you can have belief. Yeah. And he's not saying, and stop doubting you idiot. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's saying, have belief. I'm right here and I'm giving you what you, what you need. So mm. just a little interesting sub point there that I feel like we've been, the uh, we've been lacking new sound bites. Oh yeah. Let's stop doubting you idiot. <laughs> Definitely top of the list. <laughs> All right. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> Uh, okay, Barry, you, you talked a lot about your own personal skepticism. I'm curious yeah. how that has manifested in both of your lives. Like how, have how you guys- my skepticism has manifested yeah. in Maren's no, like <laughs> Maren, would you consider yourself a skeptic if you both have had doubts? How does that manifest? Like make it real for, for me and for friends of the pod that, you know, I think you know, like, like we've talked about, like I look at my skepticism. I'm like, all right, that's, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Some people look at their skepticism, they feel bad about that, and mm-hmm. then they start comparing it. Yeah, Barry, but you're a pastor. Like, of course you're gonna believe. It's easy to look back on that now and be like, yeah. but, so make it real for us. What what what? How has doubt and skepticism manifested itself in your lives? Well, I think for me, similar to Marin, I think I had a a general vibe of it's better not to ask questions for a long time. It's better not to ask the questions. It's better to just believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't. Don't do anything that's going to threaten the foundation of, of everything. Um, but as I grew and as I searched the world, as I read books, as I tried to understand science and history and all these things, the questions became overwhelming. There were too many questions. And I, it was as if I, I couldn't hold back the floodgates of questions and skepticism any longer. And then in a period of deconstruction for myself, I let the floods come in. I mm-hmm. essentially let the questions flood me and say, well, what if this, and what if this, and why is it this way? And what, what if this is wrong? What if this thing I I've always believed isn't the way that it is. And like, it can be a chaotic yeah. time. And it was for me a mm-hmm. chaotic time where I was losing very, a lot of the, the things I had built my life and faith on. Um, but in my reconstruction phase, which I, I've mentioned before, I'm grateful to God that it began almost simultaneously with the deconstruction within a couple of years, I found myself in a setting where the reconstruction was able to happen in a safe way. Mm -hmm. Um, with the reconstruction, I kind of went into it as the sort of skeptical nerdy person I am with a challenge almost to myself of, all right, if I'm going to allow questions and, and allow these things, is it possible? Does it exist to have a faith that can actually stand up to these questions or, or that can withstand the onslaught of skepticism and confusion and all that stuff. Like, is that possible? And, and then I kind of got even more, I don't know, pointed about it. And, and in my nowadays, I would say if, if my faith can't stand up to them, it's not a worthy faith. Like Mm -hmm. if, if my conception of Christ cannot stand up to the questions that I have, then, then that's not Christ. <laughs> like, yeah. because I, if the faith I have in Christ is, is in something that goes beyond my ability to comprehend, then, then the questions that I have must be able to, yeah, must not be able to collapse that foundation any longer. And mm-hmm. so now I'm trying to build a, a faith that includes the skepticism because it, I think it can be much, much stronger, but it's a journey and I'm, I'm still very yeah. much in the middle of it. Yeah. So I don't know that, that probably doesn't make any sense, but that's how I, that's kind of been my journey with it where now I'm like, bring it on. I want to, yeah. I want to know the questions I'm not thinking about. Mm-hmm. I want to know the perspectives I haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. I I'm hungry to hear what other cultures or other people have to say, what other, uh, because it helps shape yes. my 
faith more strongly than I could on my own. So anyway, that's yeah. been kind of my, my journey from, yeah. from absolutely terrified of the questions to like too many longing for them, yeah. bring them on. Cause I want to, I want my faith to be stronger. Yeah. What about you, Mara? I think I grew up with a very myopic understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Um, the denomination I grew up in, the church I grew up in, almost acted like we kind of cornered the market on all things truth. You guys, and have, you guys have figured it out. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, no joke. Like I would, I would, I would hear things said like that from the pulpit on Sunday morning. Like we got this. Yeah, yeah. You or, better rejoice. We're <laughs> talking, you know, negatively about other denominations, you know, who think they have it, but they don't. And yeah. will they even be in heaven? Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, right. it, it was. Not a good scene. Um, <laughs> and so I needed to get away from that as an adult. Mm. And I'm glad that you brought up other cultures, Barry, because I feel like so much of what helped me through different seasons of questioning or doubt have been the experience of other Christians from other uh, Christian faith backgrounds that were not mine. So the, the first of which I think happened in high school, I was part of a Bible study that was just teenagers from different um, denominational backgrounds. It was my mm. first time being in any kind of non-denominational setting. All we did was open the Bible and read it kind of like what we did with John here, but we didn't have like a, a youth pastor giving us lessons or anything like that. Mm. We were just a bunch of mm. just kids, just curious about the Bible. And we met in my friend's basement and we would just read part of a chapter or read an entire chapter and hearing the way they interpreted scriptures from different, their, their different, different denominational upbringings shed new light on what I understood about what the scripture was saying. Mm. And mm. sometimes we would get to these like moments of contention or, hmm. or argument because, well, I learned it this way. Well, I learned it this way. And so we, we, we started working through questions we had as like 15 year old kids. Yeah. <laughs> like really, like That's awesome. I was 15 when I started going to, to this particular Bible study. Then I, in my early young adulthood encountered uh, the Catholic ministry across the street from the ministry I was serving with um, and the kind of work that they were doing. And then we would get together and, and talk about faith or talk about our lives in ministry. And I just was able to rub shoulders with people who were different from me. And it helped to settle some of that unrest and some of the doubts I had from the things I saw and experienced growing up. Mm -hmm. Now I can look back on my church experience. It's almost like a snow globe. Like when I was in it, mm -hmm. it was just chaos mm -hmm. yeah. and I couldn't make sense of a whole lot. I'm a couple of years removed you know, a couple decades removed from growing up that way. And I look back at it now and I can see a clearer picture. There are elements of the way I grew up that are beautiful, things that are still foundational to my faith, things I want to take with me. Mm -hmm. And there's other stuff that is kind of settled. And I realize, you know, that's, yeah, that's not, that wasn't necessarily, you know, <laughs> where it was at or what it was about. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. So I think that's a long way of answering your question, but what has helped my doubting has been being around the other cultures, yeah. people within the church and being able to have iron sharpen iron and shape one another. Yeah. 
the fact that you were having those conversations at 14 or 15 <laughs> makes me think like you've just been an adult your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> There's no version of Marin that was like a child or teenager. It's just like adult. And see my, di- the difference with me is I, I think I was also interested in those kinds of conversations, except all the people I was surrounded with at 14 or 15 thought exactly the same way as me. Like mm. we were all in the same background. And so it wasn't, it wasn't sharpening. It was just like, Oh, I guess we all agree on this. Right. And someone will be like, well, I heard someone say it this way. We're like, yeah. yep. Okay. That must be the truth. And we were just done with it. Whereas mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm. being sharpened by yeah. new, new perspectives. I didn't well, get that we until years later. We were as 15 year olds, 16 year olds, 17 year old kids having to decide what was foundational. Oh my goodness. What was, you know, okay, this is a denominational difference, right? you know, or philosophical or theological difference, but what was foundational? What was the thing we all could stand on? And that mm. was Jesus. Mm. When I was 15, uh, <laughs> I took one of those gourmet popcorn tins and put fireworks in it and snuck into my friend's house and lit them off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I was doing when I was 15. Well, uh, we did plenty of that. Yeah, we did. Okay. But on Wednesdays, we did the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I And I love, Barry, you drew it out. It was like, Grace Church is a place where this is okay, and we want yeah. this to be a safe place to do this. And I love that your skeptics class led right into Easter Sunday. And it wasn't intentional, but it did happen that next way. Next week, this coming week, we're doing baptisms. Yes. And, you know, we've got almost 20 people signed up more than half of those people have signed up since Easter. Wow. And so, yeah, I, I love the the vibe of what we talked about, how we talk about it, having it, like making sure people know it's okay to be questioning and curious and doubtful. And cause we all have some of that maybe mm-hmm. in yeah. our, in our, in our history or even our, our present. And so it, it was awesome. And he's with us in that Barry. I yeah. think I loved the way you ended your message asking us not to cast aside our doubt, but to invite him into our doubt yeah. mm-hmm. and that he will join us and be with us in that doubt. When I was in that shaken snow globe of chaos, that was my, you know, upbringing. He was with me Yeah, yeah. in those doubts, in all of my questions. He was with me then he was with me in my friend's basement <laughs> studying the scriptures. <laughs> he was with me, you know, as I, you're even, a grown up boy <laughs> as an adult, you know, went to a denomination that was kind of almost the opposite of the yeah. denomination I grew up in. He's been with me through mm-hmm. all of these different stages and s- seasons of questioning and learning and then yeah. questioning again yeah. and then wondering he's never left. So just invite him into all of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so what do we do next? Where are we going? So we're going to look at the the final sort of story that I feel is important for us to look at. In this whole Gospel of John, which is all about belief, do you believe it? That's the challenge that John puts in front of us. We see one person who doesn't, and then we see how Jesus meets him in his doubt. Yeah. And then this weekend, we're going to look at someone who really doesn't struggle with believing, Peter. He he believes. Uh, the moment he hears, it's the Lord, he jumps right off of a boat fully clothed <laughs> and swims ashore. Like, he believes, <laughs> but he's also facing significant shame for yeah. what he has done and how he had betrayed Jesus or, or denied him during yeah. the crucifixion. And so we're going to look at how Jesus meets him mm-hmm. in his shame, just as he met Thomas in his death. All right. So, and Great. then we'll have and baptisms. We'll baptisms. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. All right. So if you tune in into the podcast for, you know, your sermon, deep dives and whatever you've, you've had it, 
All right. <laughs> there you go. We're moving on. You got what you wanted. Uh, yeah. So I've wanted to, to, some people don't care. So that's why we're kind of doing this, this way. But we talked about, you know, when you're back on the podcast, Tyler, you'll be able to share about what your sabbatical experience was like. So I don't know the best way to do this other than like, what do you guys want to know? But, um, it, for, for friends of the pod who didn't even notice, uh, <laughs> I, I was gone for three months. I was yeah. gone for, uh, what is it? 13 weeks. Christmas Eve was, was your my last, last time. Yeah. Service. Yeah. And yeah. then you just went on. And then I just never saw anybody again until April 4th. <laughs> and then, so every seven years yeah. of being employed at grace pastors to this point, pastors and associate pastors have been blessed with taking sabbatical. Yeah. Um, and so I had been here that long and it was, I guess my turn. And so that's what it, that's what it was. And I tell, I, I've told this story a couple of times. I don't know. Do you guys want to ask me questions? Or you just want me to like start talking about it. I have three questions. Okay. So maybe this story will fit into one of them, but just big picture. What'd you do? Yeah. Uh, what was the greatest thing yeah. that you experienced and what was the hardest thing you experienced? Yeah. That's, those are my questions. Okay. Great questions. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Nothing from you. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. no, those, those encompass whatever right. question I would ask you. I would just add that it's been fun with your re-entry. Yeah. There are so many things I didn't realize while you were gone that have changed. Yeah. Be them big or small. Like, yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. We, we have that meeting in this room now. We don't On do this that. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's been fun. Yeah. Like, with each passing day, realizing what you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like the staff meeting is moved to a different room and everybody, the first day that we had the staff meeting that I was back, you're just by I yourself wasn't there. Oh. And David Cottle, who leads that was like, I wonder if he's standing in the lobby by himself, wondering where everybody is while we're in this room. Um, okay. So what did I do? Practically what I did, we started, we started, um, sabbatical. My wife and I took a trip to the Florida Keys. Uh, it's the first time we've, the two of us have ever gotten away since almost nine years ago on our honeymoon. So that was awesome. We had no agenda. We really just kind of hung out and mm. read books. My wife were at, read like seven books and we just went out to eat every day and it, it was amazing. So it was a great way to start. And, part, and the point of offering pastors and staff members sabbatical is like, A, those are the people that are statistically most likely to burn out. So we want to give you a season of rest. And mm-hmm. um, so that's one of, that's one of the objectives is to discover and find rest. And so that was a great way to enter into this time away. Um, when I got back, another thing I did, I, I committed to, all right, one of my goals was I want to play music more. Yep. I want to, write a song. Actually, I told Marin I was going to write a whole bunch of songs, but black sabbatical, <laughs> but, uh, I wanted to do artistic things because I have artistic side of me, but I haven't really like sc- scratched that itch, uh, since <laughs> what you're not going to, I'm looking for on. it. Someone's going to scratch the my one time it's I'm looking for it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't scratched it in about 10 years. And so, uh, I, I committed to doing more of that. So I took time to like journal that I don't really take time to do in the normal rhythms of life, I, w- I would draw, I would play guitar. I would do these things that I don't really get to do. And I also enrolled in some classes to like help me understand like different 
uh, aspects of leadership and, and, and help me with ministry here. Um, so that was like what I did. Yeah. Uh, my wife is a person who has a very regimented schedule. She works from home mm-hmm. a couple of days a week and then she's got the boys home a couple of days a week, but she's got rhythms and she wasn't down with me <laughs> kind of interrupting that. <laughs> so, uh, I literally had to leave the premises Yeah, every day. So I'd go to Panera for eight hours a day Whoa! and take some classes, journal, read, write a little bit, whatever. Um, so that's what I did. That's, those are yeah. the, those are the things that I was doing. Granted, this was January, January, February, February. March. You yeah. can really go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was no like, let's go to the park. There was no, none of that. Um, so that's what I did. And I had very high expectations of what sabbatical was going to do. Yeah. Uh, so my only like experience with sabbatical is watching Barry, your dad come back from sabbatical and being like, I have a vision of retirement or <laughs> yeah. we're going to do a care center or we're going to go to England with a church plant or whatever. Yeah. Like people coming back with these great and grand visions that they received while being gone. Keith Carlson, like yeah. climbed the Swiss Alps or something. I don't know what he did, but he did the John Muir trail. Is that what you're thinking? I don't even of? know what that is. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he like traveled the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's what, like I was going into sabbatical being like, if there's ever going to be a moment, this is your mountaintop. Yeah. Me and God are going to be like simpatico. <laughs> like I'm going to have a burning bush in my. Yeah, sure. Living room. So I start journaling normally. And, uh, I was, I was actually talking about this today earlier. The first day I journal it's, it's while we're in the Florida keys. I don't have my journal here right now, but so each day I would read a Psalm and then I would read a passage like somewhere else in the Bible and journal about it. And the first day I, I do this, I, I look, I was reading it and it, it, I, it, it, it's, it's a Psalm that talks about how David, all he wants is to, for God to be the most important thing. Like mm. the only thing that he puts his focus and trust sure. in. Okay. So I wrote that down and then for the next, you know, 90 days, I've got pages of what I was doing. And then all through January, February, I was like, I don't feel anything. I'm, I feel like I should be doing a little bit. I feel like I could. Shouldn't I be a little more inspired? Right yeah. Now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm doing what I can. Like I, I thought God, you know, was going to speak to me and I'm going to come back and it got to March. And I was like, I have like four weeks until I have to get back. And like, I need something to show for this. I need mm. to like, so I'm trying to like manifest mm. like powerful Set, vision bushes on fire. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Um, so I actually got the chance to go away for a couple of days by myself, uh, into, kind of like a secluded area. It was terrible weather. So I just stayed in a cabin, um, for three days. And I read the first day I was there, I read Matthew 26. Um, and that's kind of where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And, and I thought about this as we were talking about Easter and stuff, I I was thinking about Matthew 26 and he's talking to his disciples and he's like, Hey, as you know, Passover is in two days and I'm going to be led to be crucified. And I just kind of like read it and went on with the rest of my day. And then two days later, I look back over my whole journal and I go back to that passage and I'm like, 
you know, I've had a lot of moments during sabbatical where I'm like, is this it? Yeah. Like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel like God's telling me anything. I, so whether it's with our faith in general, with people who doubt or mm. people who are deconstructing or whatever, like we have these, is this all there is mm-hmm. kind of moments? And sure. I was having a lot of those yeah. in sabbatical. I was like, that's not, this is not the time for that. And mm. so um, I imagined in Matthew 26, when Jesus was saying, Hey, as you guys know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be crucified in two days. I imagine the disciples were probably like, this is it. Like, is this it? Like you were supposed to do all these incredible things. Like you were supposed to. Just to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so immediately when I, when I connected those dots, I saw them as like human beings. I was like, okay, they had that same moment and they were like face to face with Jesus. Mm. And as we know, like we just said, Thomas went on to do amazing things. Peter amazing things in Jesus's name. And so of course that wasn't it, Mm. but Jesus was leading them to the cross. Right. Um, So I, I received that for myself. I was like, I had these really extraordinarily high expectations for Mm. what God was going to do in my life. Mm. Um, I felt like I needed to come back with grand visions. And I Mm. feel, I feel like sometimes I get in that mode anyways, when I'm working here, I'm like, what's the next big thing that God is going to, you know? And so I had these really extraordinarily high expectations for what God was going to reveal to me. And at the end of sabbatical, it was like, Hey man, I'm just leading you to the cross. Just Mm -hmm. like I did to the disciples. I'm Mm -hmm. just, just go there. You'll Mm -hmm. find me there. You'll find rest there. Cause that was another thing. I was like, I'm not going to rest with the two-year-old and the four-year-old. I'm not Mm going to, but that's where I, so that was at the beginning of March and the rest of March, I was just like completely at peace. Hmm. I was like, if I never go back, that's fine. Wow. Just kidding. I needed to come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was, I was completely at peace once that hit me of like, Jesus, we can have all the expectations and extraordinarily high expectations, but sometimes it's just like, Hey, you're going to find me at the cross and you just need to be obedient. And you're going to find me when you're compassionate to other people, when you love other people, when you behave like I behave. And uh, so I'm going to lead you to the cross. And as you know, I'm going to be crucified in two days and you come with me. Mm. You know, that's, that's, mm. that's the message I kind of received while I was gone. And mm. so that's the message I'm coming back with. I'm incredibly humbled to, to be a part of Grace Church where that's kind of, that's kind of where we've been going the past couple of years where it's mm-hmm. like uh, self-giving love and it's not about me and all these things like that was just like hammered into me yeah. while I was gone. Wow. And so that's, that was incredible. I I'm coming back. Like I don't have like grand visions, but I think that's the grandest vision of all where it's like, if we can just do this, if we can just go to the cross, mm. follow God to the cross, follow Jesus to the cross. Um, I feel like sabbatical was time was well spent um, because it, it's certainly humbling. Mm. Mm to, to realize that. But wow. So that was both the best and the hardest sure. thing yeah. about sabbatical. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like, <laughs> so Dave, I saw Dave Rodriguez in February <laughs> and he was like, you're about to enter the time where you're going to really question whether or not you need to go back. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, he's like, that's what I did twice. (laughs) 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 
And I never had that moment. I never had the moment where I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me anymore. Yeah. Like I was, yeah. I was eager to get back and jump back into this community from day one. You were having dreams about sneaking into the building. Yeah. <laughs> I, literal dreams. I was having literal dreams during the night where I was trying to sneak in <laughs> without anyone noticing me coming to do work. Yes. So I, I, I'm pumped to be back. I can't wait. Now that we're past Easter, like, cause since I've been back, it's like everything's yeah, pointing to Easter. Easter. Now that we're past Easter, mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of breathe into, breathe new life into like what season we're about to enter next. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. We missed you. Yeah. I missed you too. Uh, you guys crushed it though. I mean, I was looking the other day and I was like, I wonder what, like, how many listeners we have. He wanted to see how badly we, we yeah. did on that. <laughs> how many but, did we hey, lose? It's a straight line, guys. Maybe a little lose? tick up. We're nah. a t- yeah, we're a tick up. We're a tick <laughs> up. So uh, friends of the pod, thanks for being loyal. And, you know, talk about humbling. Like, it's not about me. This show is not about me. <laughs> and I, right. I'm grateful for that. Like, I'm grateful that like one of us, hopefully one of like Barry, who knows when you're gone, like it'll be this fun. show may. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be great. Tank. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Marin and I will sit here and we'll be like, what would Barry have said if he gave the message? (laughs) Self giving love. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. But anyways. (laughs) I brought this better homes and gardens magazine so we can get some tips while Barry's gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. All right. So that's all. That's all I got. Uh, it's, it's good to be back. Friends of the pod. Thank you for, for praying for me. If you did, if you didn't, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So on that note, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be coming back this week. Uh, you guys are going to be in the tank this week for this, baptisms. Yes. I know that's going to be great. I can't wait. We will not have a pod next week. We will not have a pod next week because yes. we are going to be on, yes. our, on our lead team. Lead team retreat. Each other strategic retreat. Names. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. Runeblade. Bury the boneless. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably more like. All right. Uh Marin, I think we got it. Can you send us out? Sure thing. Do God just rule. Leave. Oops. Love mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Walk up with your gun. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 